You're listening to A Prophet, a collaboration between Sakhlain and Al-Hujja Islamic Seminary. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider becoming our patron by donating at sakhlain.org support. We continue our examination of the amazing character of the Holy Prophet Muhammad And we hope to be inspired by the character of the Prophet One recommendation I have is that all the qualities and characteristics that we've discussed, you know, the last several months, make a note of them. And every single week, take one of those qualities and train yourself to live by them. Doing so, you will see a huge difference in your life. You will see a huge improvement in your akhlaq. And when you have the sincere intention to follow the Prophet Allah really appreciates that. Because Allah is telling you, here's my best example for you. Here's my gift for you. So when you make the effort to take the qualities of the Prophet, Allah considers that as an act of ibadah from you. And Allah highly rewards you for that. So find a practical way to summarize these qualities and implement them in your life, inshallah. One of the regular habits that the Prophet had, one of the regular features of his akhlaq, was that he would pray for those around him. In doing so, the Prophet is showing them appreciation. He's showing them kindness. That brings harmony. When you tell someone that you pray for them or you make a dua for them on the spot, it makes that person closer to you. Even if there's some tension between you and that person, that tension subsides. Number two, you're showing your society that Allah is at the center of everything. When you're praying for other people, you're reminding them that Allah is the one who decides. He's the one who's managing your life. Be close to Him. It's a creative way to remind people to go back to their Lord and to dedicate everything to their Lord. Number three, when you pray for one another, as we said, you have better social harmony. And that's one way that the Prophet established that social harmony in Medina, by constantly praying for those around him. I want to now share with you some examples of how the Prophet would pray for those around him. The first example is when the Prophet would farewell someone. Let's say a group of believers came, come to the Prophet. They are saying goodbye to him because they're going on a journey or they're leaving the city. The Prophet would tell them, First of all, tazweed in Arabic at that time meant when you're traveling, you take provisions with you. Zad. You need something on the way. There were not restaurants readily available. You had to take it with you. The Prophet creatively is saying, may Allah grant you taqwa to be your provision in this journey. So it's beautiful. You're traveling. May Allah take you to all goodness. May Allah fulfill all of your needs. May your deen be safe, your religion. Meaning, will you travel? Have Allah on your mind. And your dunya as well. I ask Allah to make your dunya safe. And may Allah 
bring you back to me healthy and sound. You see how the Prophet personalizes the dua? He's not just telling them, may Allah send you back to your families, send you back to the city, Salmin. No. He's giving them the impression, the true impression that I will miss you and I will be waiting for your arrival. You know how much energy that gives you as a mu'min when your Rasul says that? Like imagine you're going on a journey back then, journeys were treacherous. People would write their will before a journey. Yes, because you could die in that journey. Either a, a looter, a robber would attack your caravan and kill you and loot you, or you'd die starving. God knows, or sickness, or a wild animal would kill you. Yes, today traveling is very easy. Back then, it would take a very long time and it was very dangerous. So when the Prophet mentions these prayers, Allah will give them protection. Number two, they're eager to come back. They're like, we have a Rasul who's so pure, sent by Allah, waiting for us in Medina. You know how much energy that gives them, how much hope that gives them? Be like that in your society. Believe me, sometimes it's not even required of you to do a lot for other people. You know, going out of your way to give them from your money, from your time, doing miracles for them. Sometimes it's a word. Just show them you wish them well. Sometimes wishing others well is all it takes to motivate them and to inspire them. That's all it takes. Show them you wish them well. Because if you hate someone, you want the shar and the evilness for someone, you're not going to make these prayers for them. So let's learn from the akhlaq of the Prophet when it comes to praying for others. That was the first example. The second example of the akhlaq of the Prophet this, this is narrated by Imam al-Sadiq He states that when the Prophet would be invited to have some food, like for lunch or dinner, when the Prophet would eat and he would finish the food, he would make this signature dua. He would say, May the fasting ones break their fast in your home. And may the righteous ones always eat from your food. He would say that to them. Anas ibn Malik, he also narrates that the Prophet ﷺ visited one of the citizens of Medina from the Ansar. So they offered the Prophet some food. Then when the Prophet ﷺ wanted to leave the gathering, he told them, can you prepare a pure place for me so I can pray? Maybe they thought the Prophet is praying a nafila prayer, a wajib. They don't know. The Prophet prayed. When he prayed, he made a dua for them. And he made it clear to them that I have prayed for the people of this household. Imagine how beautiful that is. You invite the Prophet to your house. When he finishes, how does he thank you? He prays two rak'ah for you and he does du'a for you. Is there a gift in the universe more valuable than Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa gifting two rak'ahs for you? Look at the akhlaq of the Prophet. That's how the Prophet attracted the people to Islam. That's how they knew he was genuine. He's a genuine leader. So this is a second example. A third example this is mentioned by Abdullah ibn Abi Awfa, one of the companions of the Prophet. He states that 
Whenever a group of people will, would bring their sadaqah, their zakat, to give to the Prophet, so he gives it to the poor, the Prophet would do the salawat on them. He would say, Allahumma salli ala al fulan. Oh Allah, send your salah, your prayers, on the family of X person. So this man, Ibn Abi Awfa, he says, when I brought my sadaqah to the Prophet, he said, Allahumma salli ala al Abi Awfa. Oh Allah, send your prayers on al fulan, this family. So when people would do acts of goodness, even if it's charity that's wajib on them, like the zakat, the Prophet would pray for them. That's a beautiful way to motivate the people. If you see someone in your family, if you see someone in the community doing good, pray for them. Some mothers struggle with their children praying. If you see your child, your son or daughter praying, let them hear a dua. Go next to them, right? When they're hearing, you know they're hearing. It doesn't have to be direct. But when they're hearing, make a dua. Ya Allah, my son today made me so happy. Ya Allah, Allah bless my son. Make him successful. Make him healthy. Make him wealthy. Do it. If your son hears this dua from you, believe me, he'll be motivated. Because you know he just made your heart happy. And you made a sincere dua. It will, it will motivate them for sure. So that's how the Prophet would motivate people to do goodness. Sometimes just by praying for them. It's a beautiful way to encourage them. Another example of how the Prophet would do dua for those around him, Amr ibn al-Hamaq al-Khuza'i was one of the companions of the Prophet. Muawiyah had him killed. That's how evil Muawiyah is. And they basically had his body in a very gruesome way. After his death, they had his body mounted so people could see his dead body. I mean, no sanctity for a Muslim, for one of the companions of the Prophet. How do you respect a ruler who does this to one of the companions of the Prophet. So Amr ibn, ibn al-Hamaq al-Khuza'i, radhwanullahi one day gave the water to drink, probably water or milk. The Prophet told him, Allahumma amti'hu bi shababih. Oh Allah, make him enjoy his youth. What was the effect of this dua? The effect of this dua was that others noticed that he reached 80 years of age and there was not a single white hair on his head. Allah literally accepted the dua of the Prophet Allah kept him youthful until Muawiyah killed him. And he became a shaheed of course. That was shahada for Amr ibn al-Hamaq al-Khuza'i. And he was one of the supporters of Amir al-Mu'minin Another example is Al-Nabigha Al-Ju'di. Nabigha Al-Ju'di, it seems like he was maybe a poet. He said something to praise the Prophet. The Prophet states, La faka. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala never um, tear your mouth. Now what does that mean in Arabic when you say it? It means, uh, have you seen the Lebanese, they say, Yislam Timmak? How would you translate that in air in English? <laughs> How would you thank you for your beautiful words? But linguistically, what does it mean? May Allah bless your mouth, right? But what is but what does it exactly mean? That means you said something nice. Inshallah, you'll always continue saying something nice, and inshallah, you'll always be healthy and sound. 
See, it entails all of that. No, not this phrase. They might, they may have another variant, but no, not this one. In in traditional Arabic, in the standard Arabic, you would say la fudda fuka, and the fuk means fam. La fudda famuka. It's the same thing as yislim tamak. Same idea here. So the Prophet prayed for him by making this prayer for him. He lived, this man, the Prophet prayed for him, 130 years. And whenever one of his tooth would fall, another one would grow, even at that age. Because the Prophet said, may Allah bless your mouth. See the effect of the dua of Rasulullah That's That's beautiful, that's amazing. Sa'd ibn Ubadah, he is the leader and the representative of the Ansar in Medina, one day invited the Prophet ﷺ when the Prophet was fasting. He invited him to his house, along with Imam Ali ibn Abi Talib When they finished, the Prophet stated, Nabiyun wa Sa'd, do you realize the size of your reward now, you have fed a prophet and a successor of a prophet. Nabiyun wawasi. Like, do you, do you realize what, what you just did by inviting us? See, something small, the prophet would make a big deal out of it to show you appreciation. Okay, what's the big deal? People, you invite Hayala, anybody, you invite your neighbors, friends, okay, what's the big deal? The prophet's telling him, no, you invited a prophet and his successor. See, see how much humbleness the Prophet has. He shows you appreciation, even if it's something simple. Then the, then the Prophet said, Sa'd, let me make this prayer for you. May the righteous people eat your food. May the fasting ones break fast with you. May the angels of God send their prayers on you. Look at this beautiful dua that the Prophet would make. So one takeaway point from the biography of the Prophet is always wish well for those people around you and just make a dua for them. Believe me, it changes things. If the wife sees her husband in the morning going to work and she makes a dua for him, a beautiful creative dua. And then he also makes a dua when he sees her in the house or whatever she's busy with. Believe me, that day will be a different day. Try it. Those who have tension, give them this recipe and then come back and prove me wrong. <laughs> well, I'm sure you know someone who may be in that situation. Maybe they're not getting along too well. Tell, tell the sister, tell the brother, just make a beautiful dua in the morning and at night for your spouse. That day is not going to be just any day. Believe me, it will change. When the spouse hears a dua coming from their spouse, they appreciate. In the end, look, we're not stone. I know sometimes we can be harder than stones in our qaswat al-qalb and our roughness. But in the end, we're not stones. We have a human heart. One beautiful dua, one beautiful word like that will change you. It softens you. So that's a beautiful Strategy that the Prophet ﷺ would always use with those around him. Any questions on that? What's a dua a woman can tell her husband before he goes to work? 
See, I don't mean you have to memorize like one of the du'as that we have. Just say it from your heart. Yeah. May Allah bless you today on work. May Allah reward you for all the hard work that you're doing for the family. May Allah, you know, increase your goodness, increase your health. Allah يحفظ لك أهلك. Allah رزقك. Just things like that. يخليك بصحة بعافية بسلامة. Just simple things like that. Allah يديمك خيمة علينا أصلاً. Iraqis would say. <laughs> Do you say that as well? Allah يخليك فوراسنا. Right? See, just things like that. Believe me, he appreciates it. And then when he sees her at home working, هو كمان يسمعها. He also... Has her, you know, hear a beautiful du'a. That will give her energy that day. It will make her feel appreciated. So this is a beautiful lesson that we learn from the life of the Prophet ﷺ.